welcome to another episode of Anchored Hope, your weekly podcast where we inspire and encourage you to keep on going, to keep on moving forward in life, and to keep on trusting in Jesus. I'm Genevieve Solomons, and firstly, I'd like to thank you for listening to Anchored Hope. My prayer is that you would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this podcast. May your faith also be strengthened and your steps be filled with purpose in Jesus' name. Can you believe we are halfway through season one of Anchored Hope? And Ashley and I would love your feedback on the first five episodes. So please go drop a comment on our Insta pages. Mine is at Jen Solomons, that's Jen with a G. And Ashley's is at ash.solomons. Please drop those comments. We'd love to hear from you. In our next five episodes, we'll be talking about heroes of hope. And we'll be focusing on various Bible characters to learn life lessons on hope from them. I'm super excited about it. And today I'm talking about one of my favorite Bible characters. He's an exemplary leader, a leader of leaders, in fact. He's a man of commitment and resolve. And if you haven't guessed it yet, he's none other than Nehemiah. So right now, get your cup of coffee, sit down if you're driving, just concentrate on the road, please, but keep your ears open so that you can receive everything that I'm going to be sharing today. I know that as I speak to you, God's going to be ministering into your heart, so be ready to hear what the Spirit is saying. Nehemiah six fifteen to 16 reads as follows. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about it and all the Gentile nations around us saw it, they lost their confidence for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. In Nehemiah chapter 1, we find out that Jerusalem's wall had been broken down and its gates burned. Jews who had survived the captivity or escaped were now in Jerusalem, but they were in distress and reproach. They were disgraced. Other nations disapproved of them and mocked them and made them painfully aware of their defeat and failure. And these Israelites were vulnerable in Jerusalem. They were open to attack because the protective wall and gates were destroyed. Nehemiah had been taken captive and he was in Susa. He was a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. As a cupbearer, he had to make sure the king's wine was not poisoned and he couldn't be sad in the king's presence either. That's a tough job, man. As it could indicate that he might be aware of a plot to poison the king. And this devastating news about Jerusalem greatly saddened Nehemiah, so much so that he wept, he fasted, and he prayed after he heard this bad news. And Nehemiah could have lost hope because of this. The Israelites who lived in Jerusalem probably had lost hope because they were living in such difficult circumstances. And what could Nehemiah do? as a captain? 
captive in another land. Can you imagine the thoughts running through his mind? Ask yourself, what thoughts would run through your mind if you heard that your hometown that you love was destroyed by flood or fire or war? How would you feel? How would you respond? Nehemiah's response to the troubling, hopeless situation gives us the first key to maintaining hope when we hear bad news. Number one. Pray first. Nehemiah fasted and prayed. Something powerful happens when you pray and cry out to God. Breakthroughs come when we fast and pray. If you are facing something that seems so huge and insurmountable today, that's depressing you and making you sad and bothering you, I want to encourage you, fast and pray. When you see the problem that you're facing and you realize that need in your life, or maybe it's a need in your family's life or in your business, or it's someone else's need and it's bothering you, prayer internalizes that burden and it stirs up your faith. Prayer will deepen your empathy for those who are in need as well. Prayer will help you to quiet your racing heart and mind. Prayer will bring you to a place where you wait on the Lord. Prayer helps you to put on the brakes so you can hear and receive from God before rushing out to do something. Prayer shows you what God wants to do about the situation. So prayer gives you vision and purpose. When you pray first, You'll receive divine instruction on how to deal with that seemingly hopeless situation. Prayer acts as a catalyst for you to act. When Nehemiah prayed, he received vision. He had a compelling purpose and he stayed committed to it to the end. When you are facing a hopeless situation, prayer helps you gain a compelling purpose. Please stay focused on that purpose, commit to it, and you maintain a clear perspective no matter what comes your way. And you'll find just like Nehemiah that God will accomplish a great work through you. And with the help of your God, you will be able to turn that situation around. After Nehemiah had fasted and prayed, He came before the king again and the king noticed that his face was sad. But because Nehemiah had come to God and prayed first, he found favor with the king and was sent off to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. And this rebuilding of the wall was a mammoth task. It wasn't a simple or an easy one. And there are many times where you and I face and have faced and maybe you are currently facing huge problems. I want you to think of those problems now. They may seem insurmountable. They may appear to be too big for you to overcome. Maybe it's a problem that's been that way for many, many years. And when you look at it, it can be discouraging. When you think about it, maybe that hopelessness is starting to resurface. I want us to look at how Nehemiah responds because his response teaches us the second life lesson in hope. Number two, take stock 
of the problem and persevere anyway. Nehemiah, when he arrived in Jerusalem after three days, one night he goes out and he goes all around to check out the damage to the wall. He did this because he wanted to understand the actual extent of the damage and what needed to be done to fix it. He had only heard someone describe what had happened, but he needed to understand it properly for himself. Please don't let fear stop you from understanding the extent of the problem you are facing. Remember the purpose you got when you prayed. Stick to it. Keep your eyes on it and it will help to pull you through. Vision will keep you going and help you to persevere and help you to deal with the potential hopelessness that could arise. For example, if you're in a lot of debt, find out what you owe on each account. Yes, it might feel scary at first, but find out what monthly repayments are due. Understand the size of your problem. Find out what your options are and what you can do about it. When we're ignorant of the actual problem, the unknown leads to more fear and anxiety. Getting to grips with the reality of the situation removes the element, even though it could feel like an elephant, of the unknown. And you'll be able to process the situation more calmly. Educate yourself on what you can do. And then you'll be able to formulate a plan to get out of debt. Ask for advice from trusted, experienced people as well. Get a vision for your finances and then go for it. Persevere anyway. You need to know what you're dealing with so that you can take the appropriate action. Sometimes we have an imagined or skewed perspective of the problem we are facing and that leads to greater anxiety and fear that paralyzes us and we don't act. Maybe you are even dealing with overwhelming personal problems in your relationships, in your emotions, maybe it's in your thought life. And often in cases like this, it's very difficult to take stock on your own because you're taking stock of yourself and that leads you to be very subjective. In these cases, you may need to turn to qualified professionals or counselors who can help you understand the full extent of the issue and who can advise you on what you need to do to recover and be healthy. Don't be afraid or ashamed to get that kind of help. At the same time, keep on praying. We started off by saying pray first, but I also want to say keep on praying. Keep on leaning on the Lord to help you. Keep on trusting in Jesus to give you peace, to restore you, to heal you and make you whole and to break through for you. Just when Nehemiah and the Israelites decided to get to work, opposition came in fast. The enemies didn't miss a beat and came at them. The enemies were mainly Sanballat the Horonite and Tobias the Ammonite official. And these guys were greatly displeased that Nehemiah had come to sort out the wall of Jerusalem. In fact, they were furious and they mocked the Israelites. They plotted to fight the Jews, to kill them. They wanted to throw them into confusion. How many times after we decide on our plan of action, 
does the enemy not come with all kinds of opposition? It happens every time. The enemy of our souls throws doubts our way. He throws discouragement, fearful thoughts, brings confusion and spiritually attacks us. Suddenly doors that were open close. Promised opportunities get taken away. We get negative criticism from people, even those close to us. They ridicule us. We're reminded of our past failures and we start doubting ourselves. The enemy exploits our vulnerable areas and it feels like we are being attacked on every side. And that's when our hope starts dwindling and starts turning into despair. When the Israelites' enemies exploited their vulnerable areas, Nehemiah 4, 12 to 14 reveals what Nehemiah did to maintain hope and purpose despite the attacks. It reads as follows. When the Jews who lived near them came, they said to us ten times repeatedly, from every place you turn, they will come up against us. So I stationed armed men behind the wall in the lowest places at the open positions, the vulnerable areas where it was least protected. And I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears and bows. When I saw their fear, I stood and said to the nobles and officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Confidently remember the Lord who is great and awesome and with courage from him, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and for your homes. The third lesson in hope is protect yourself and fight. When the enemy attacks you, you're not powerless and you don't have to become hopeless. Put on the armor of God. Take up your spiritual weapons. Stand in your authority in Christ and wage spiritual warfare. Ask the Lord to protect your vulnerable areas. Ask him to help you protect the open areas in your life where the enemy has been coming in. Ask God to station angels there to protect those weak areas in your life so that the enemy cannot get in there any longer in Jesus' name. Too often when the enemy attacks, we run away scared. We quit. We back down in faith. We accept things that do not line up with the word of God. We accept situations and conditions that are not what God promises us in his word. And we give up hope. We grow weak in faith. Our hearts grow hard in unbelief. And we stop believing that with God all things are possible. This isn't how it's supposed to be if you believe in Jesus Christ. Our God always leads us forth in triumph in Christ Jesus. Hear the truth of the word today. Our God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Our God fights for us. The battle is the Lord's and he will not fail. Our God goes with us to fight for us against our enemies, to give us victory. The Lord stands beside you like a great warrior. Before him, your persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat you. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. The weapon may fall, but it will not prosper. The finances might be tight, but God is Jehovah Jireh and he will provide. And he provides in abundance. Amen. 
You may be sick in soul or body, but the Lord is Jehovah Rapha and he will heal you and make you whole. You may be in bondage, but our God is the mighty deliverer and he will set you free. You may be stuck in depression and darkness, but the Lord is your light and salvation and he will give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Clothe yourself with Christ today. Put on the garment of salvation. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the garment of praise, child of God. Then you'll be able to protect yourself and fight because God will fight for you. If your family is under attack spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in any area, I want to say to you today, do not fear. Confidently remember the Lord who is great and awesome and with courage from him, fight for your family. Don't give up hope. Don't let the enemy have his way anymore. Don't accept what he has thrown your way. Suit up and fight. Submit to the Lord. Submit your life, your family, your children, your spouse, your thoughts, your emotions, the whole problem. Submit everything to the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee. If you have backed down in your faith, I pray the Lord shakes you up right now, that he fires you up and raises your faith. And the final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. This week, I pray that you will remember these life lessons of hope. Pray first, take stock of the problem and persevere anyway, and then protect yourself and fight. Lord, I pray that these lessons of hope would be deeply planted in good soil. Mix this word with faith in our hearts. Lord, as we go from day to day, let us pray first whenever we face any problem. Show us what you want to do about the situation. Give us vision, purpose, and the strength to commit to it. Help us to keep a clear perspective, no matter the opposition. Father, give us courage to take stock of the problem and to persevere anyway. God, come and strengthen our faith today. Forgive us for not believing in you as we should. Soften our hearts in Jesus' name. Stir us up so we trust you more. We will no longer accept the things that do not line up with your word and with your promises. God, I pray right now that we would put on the Lord Jesus Christ and put on your full armor. Father, that we will arise and fight and wage spiritual warfare in Jesus' name. Thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, it is by your spirit that we will win. We put our faith in you and we will not lose hope. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and glory, Lord. Amen. I pray that this word has encouraged you that it will strengthen you and that your hope right now would be restored and renewed.
I pray that whatever it is that you are facing, that God will help you to finish it just the way He helped Nehemiah and the Israelites to rebuild that wall in 52 days. And I pray right now that you would also recognize that whatever it is that you are facing, God will give you the strength to accomplish it with His help and that the enemy will be put to shame. Have a great week, everyone.